0: Our guest now, on going from prisoner to playwright, Kim Crotty, spent almost two years behind bars in the United Kingdom after a drug conviction. It was 2010. He'd just quit his job running the stage department at the Salisbury Playhouse and moved to Bristol to be closer to his family. Things were going wrong. A relationship on the rocks, he had no money. He made the choice to grow cannabis, which ultimately upended his and everybody's lives. However, the prison sentence was the beginning of something new, Kim began writing stories for his young sons from behind bars as a way of keeping his connection to them. Over two years, he produced 47 short stories posted weekly, and a decade later, those stories became the backbone for his play, The Smallest Stage. Kim Crotty's been back in his native Western Australia for a few years now. It's probably about eight minutes past five in the morning there, I think, Kim. (laughs) How are you? Good morning.
1: (laughs) It is, Catherine. Morning, Catherine. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's pretty early over here. Um, it's still dark outside.
0: Got yourself a coffee. It's probably warming up already, I imagine. Um, <laughs> let's go back. It's it's a it's a fascinating life story, and one I think many people can possibly identify with. Something mm-hmm. a decision is made. Something goes wrong, and life is altered forever. What was happening mm. in what was happening in your life back at that uh, time? I gave a very brief pricey. You tell us what was happening. Uh, you did. It
1: was and it was, it was quite a good. Uh, it was quite a good summary. Uh, ultimately, you know, um, my wife and I were having difficulties, and and we separated. And she uh, she moved to Bristol and took the boys with her. And I was devastated at the loss of my my two young children, um, my two sons. Uh, and so I. I I basically started spending more and more time traveling to bristol to spend spend time with um with my kids um and eventually I made the decision that I would quit my job and move to bristol um uh and it seemed like a good idea catherine it seemed like uh, uh like like a a plausible plan right the uh the grow house was only a couple of blocks away from um where my my wife and kids were living and and it seemed like uh, a good idea at the time and and an opportunity to you know bring us all closer together um and for a while Catherine, it worked you know um uh my my wife and i repaired our relationship we got back together and um and it seemed like a like it like, like a dream come true um, you know I was financially independent um, I worked for myself I had all the time in the world for the kids I would walk them to school every day pick them up after school you know I'd read to them every night uh, uh, and I was just I, I got to be uh you know a, f- a full-time dad uh, instead of having to you know work a job somewhere else uh but it was a double life um you know so when I wasn't with my kids when I wasn't um, when I wasn't being a dad I was Busy in the grow house. Um,
0: we should say so you, you, you well. had an interesting background. You, you, we in theatre. I think your first job was in theatre, um, uh, in the music industry as well. So, mm-hmm. it's it's funny how yeah. life changes, isn't it? So many Kiwis, so many Aussies go to the UK. This could be anyone's story, really. Yeah, uh, yeah go to that's the right. UK and you're following your dreams. Um, you, you have a family, and then things go wrong. And we are not always entirely rational, or it's more sometimes the old it won't happen to me kinda of kicks in, right? And you it's needs must <laughs> yep, in the moment. Were sure. you well, just not thinking beyond that this is working for now and thank goodness it's better we're better than we were? Was that pretty much where things were at?
1: Uh, yeah, basically. Um and, and, and it was a it was a short term plan. There were, you know, I wasn't that, you know, the idea was that I'd do it for a year or so, and then um, put some money away, and then and then we would continue travelling. Like we wanted to, to see more of Europe, or um, you know, to work uh, in Asia somewhere, and to continue travelling um, because we didn't really want to want to return to Australia. Uh, but that plan was 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 derailed when I got the knock on the door.
0: Had you um, you know, had you had any experience in in, in this endeavour previously, or this just really was the solution in the moment? Uh, no,
1: really, just the solution at the moment. So, so like I've got green thumbs, Catherine. I've only got to look at something, and it will, and it will grow and burst into life. Uh, you know, my, you know, both of my parents uh, are keen gardeners. My mom and my grandparents, uh, you know, uh, and I, and I still have um, you know, my house is a jungle, Catherine. All my indoor plants and my vegetable garden out the back. Uh, and so it seemed like um you know um you know the combination of my my theater and stage skills and my you know my my knack, uh and, and talent for gardening uh, you know it seemed to combine perfectly
0: i don 't um, want to uh, be facetious about this because it was a disaster in your life, certainly at the time, but mm-hmm. even the police yep. were impressed with this growing operation. is that correct <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I imagine they see uh, all kinds of um different kinds of setups like it, it wasn't a massive uh, it wasn't a massive setup but I, so i i basically had two houses in one house uh, you know um, we lived my wife and i and our kids and and the second house had been um, set up as a as a cannabis grow house yeah and the and the arresting um detective sergeant commented how tidy it was <laughs>
0: <laughs> take us back to that moment if you would uh th- you you heard, you heard oh, the knock and you terrifying. knew straight away yeah. that wasn't that wasn't the neighbour asking for
1: sugar. Yeah, basically, yeah, it was about ten o'clock on a Tuesday night, I think, and uh, and there's, there's nobody else would knock like that, and and my 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 stomach lurched, you know, my guts dropped. I just wanted to vomit, um, uh, uh, and kind of, and I and I just remember. It, it was kind of like a dreamlike state an out of body experience and I'm just watching watching the destruction of my life you know, like in like in in seemingly slow motion um and you know just still in disbelief like trying to think that oh, there must be some way I can get out of this <laughs> even when my house is surrounded by the police um i'm st- I'm still thinking oh there there's got to be a way to 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 get through this to get out of this okay.
0: Do you know how they got onto you?
1: No, no, not really. Um, it could have been anything. Like you know, uh, you know, I'm not a gangster. I'm not a. I'm not a bad dude. I'm not a. You know, I'm not a rude boy. or Any of that. But of course, you know, any of the neighbours in the in the area, if they perhaps smelt cannabis or suspected something weird was going on, you know, they wouldn't know that. They would just be, you know, doing the right thing, trying to protect their family and uh, and and their homes um so yeah it could have been uh could have been someone in the neighborhood
0: you mentioned a um uh, you mentioned almost a sense of relief at being caught that's an interesting uh...
1: uh yeah it is catherine because you know it's it's pretty it is extremely stressful there are there are so many things at every stage of the operation that can go wrong um and um you know it's 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 a high value kind of thing for lots of different people for lots of different reasons um and so and so you know every you know with every successful grow you kind of your confidence builds a little bit and there is that feeling you know that that, you know um of relief that you got away with it this time and so you build a bit more confidence that you'll get away with it next time but but it's such a high pressure situation to be involved in that kind of protracted criminal activity is uh, uh is difficult uh, and so you know there, there really was that sense of relief when i was arrested that that it's over now and i don't have to worry about it and I, and my stress levels almost immediately you know as soon as i was taken to the cells a different kind of stress developed you know from uh, from the legal proceedings but um the stress of not having to operate the grow house was was um, was immediate. The uh, I
0: don't know who you were liaising with as part of the supply chain, but uh, not always the kindest, most savoury people. And do you think you'd have been able yeah. to exit another way, either because you'd have been allowed to, or because you'd have got to a point where you could? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean. Um... Like I, as I said, like I'm not a gangster, and I, I wasn't involved with any gangsters, right? I, I had a, I had a sort of policy that I would never get involved um, with anybody that was heavier than myself, right? Because um, there's nothing nothing I could do, you know. Um, and so the, the plan was just to make some, make make enough money to to travel for a bit longer. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. So um, it was it was it wasn't like you were caught up in a system, but there was a decision made for you when the police came. Um, mm,
1: yep.
0: At what point did it morph from, okay, this is over, to what is going to be the consequence of this? Did that happen pretty quickly?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of. I'd convince myself, Catherine. I, I suspect, as a lot of people do when they're involved in something illegal, that, that that they've covered all the bases and they've made all the plans and they, and you know, they've done all that they can do. And 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 I had indeed done everything I could do. What you know, and it seems glaringly obvious now. But what I hadn't really considered was the impact on the lives of my children. Um, and and you know, and I've maintained this throughout my prison sentence and and throughout you know. The time since then that it had a much greater effect on them than it did on me Um, because all the time I was in prison, you know, I've got three meals a day I've got a bed, a roof over my head and and all of my basic needs are met but um, when I got banged up it was a very, very different story for my wife and my children um, who didn't necessarily have those three meals a day, the the security of of a home Uh, the, the impact was far worse for them than it was for me
0: you made the choice to be honest with your children. They were young, very young at the time, right? Two and four, I think. And
1: uh, yeah, yeah. So, and, and I'd always, I'd always spoken to my children, you know, um, openly about everything, and encouraged them to to talk and to articulate. And 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 I just, you know, I remember my son. Uh, they were three and five at the time when I get banged up. Um, my oldest son Otto was forever negotiating for the things that, that he thinks, or he thought he should have, and uh, we'd end up in these in these very long discussions about why he should be allowed to stay up late or have an extra ice cream or something. <laughs> but um, but I always I always uh, you know respected my children for the person people that they would be, not necessarily you know. Um, For the for the kids, they are then, and so I I made the decision to be open to my with my kids and discuss all of all of the you know age appropriately discuss the things that um, had happened and the mistakes that I'd made, Um, which was really difficult at the time. Um, But ultimately, I think this is one of the reasons why my kids are so wonderful. (laughs) I've always uh, I've obviously I'm going to say that because I'm Mm -hmm. their dad. But um, um, but they are they really are wonderful people.
0: You, um, your experience of the system you were out on bail for two months so that gave you some time to help work through this with those kids you weren't just sort of gone overnight right um, yeah, yeah but what was your other experience um, of the system before prison uh,
1: I, I'm, I'm not sure that I follow well, Catherine the, the in, judge in, in, for example
0: the, you know, again you're standing in the dock and, and the oh. judge and sentencing it, it must have felt yeah, a little so dream like him
1: it, it was, yeah. So, like, um, like I had, um, I had prepared what I was going to say to the police, and I had prepared a sort of an evidence chain, you know, to to kind to try and um mitigate uh, my circumstances. Um, but the judge didn't believe a word of it. He, <laughs> um, uh, and basically, um, uh, he just said that I was extremely naive and stupid to get involved in this. Um, and then. Um, But I was really lucky to only get two years. It could have been much worse. Um,
0: Your experience of prison, then, you you talk about the the elements of security that it brings sometimes. And and for some people, it's more security, as you've mentioned, than they ever experience on the outside, which mm, is a routine, a bed, um, food supplied. What was your experience Mm. of the prison system? Um, Well, I used to... in the army,
1: Catherine. And so, mm-hmm. so, so prison, and there's, there's a lot of overlap between, uh, between the two systems that, you know, the military and, and the, and the prison system. Um, um, but it is, it is difficult, right? You, you know, there's, you know, you either have to work during the day or do education. Um, and so you kind of settle into, settle into the new routine. Um, but then, of course, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of restrictions on the way you communicate, and and you know, when you get banged up at night, you know, those 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 hours after dark are the loneliest time you could ever imagine. Um, and it was really difficult for me to try and keep to maintain my communication and my relationship with my kids because they were they were so young. You know, they can't read or write letters, and they're not very good on the telephone, especially over the prison phone system. Uh, and and it was really awful to 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 just be so cut off from them and for them to have to have lost me completely.
0: They couldn't understand, well, they couldn't stay with you, well, they couldn't have that physical contact with you. And, and yeah, that's and, right. And you were and well aware of that. They'd be they'd be crying right as they were leaving. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So you know, just just you know, the relief at hearing their voices on the telephone, you know, you know, is quickly overwhelmed by the by the by the fact that there's no way to talk to them because they're. You know, they, they just start crying. They're really upset, um, um, and and the same during the visits, right? So, they, so even though they're sitting just across the table from you, and they're and they're you know so close you could touch them, they, they're, they're still sort of they've never been so far away. Mm. You know, um, and the visits were really really difficult.
0: You went to Dartmoor. You were transferred to Dartmoor, further away, mm. and, and that made mm-hmm. things even more difficult. Um, what? We found this separation particularly um, devastating. When did the writing start?
1: Um, uh, well, you know, I think it was, you know, recognizing that writing letters and, the tele- and using the telephone was was hopeless. It was just so devastating to be to be cut off from them like that. And then, and then one night, I. Um, I uh, dreamt of reading to my kids again because I used to read to them every night. Um, and, you know, and it's, and it's, and it is like theater. And this is where I got the name for the, for the play. The smallest stage is, is a children's book, right? You know, cause you, you perform the voices and you do it and you make it very dramatic and theatrical. Um, and, and I missed that terribly, Catherine. And, you know, and I, and I dreamt of reading to my kids again. And, and that's, that's kind of, that was the inspiration for it. And that was what I was trying, that was, how i wanted to communicate with my kids again you know a really close it's a really intimate space and really you know a r- really connected space sharing a story and so uh, and so i got the idea of of writing those stories for my kids i'd never done that before i didn't know where to start i didn't i'd, I'd never even tried to write a children's story before but i um, i had to try cause, because because uh, i wanted to reconnect with my boys
0: do you remember the first story
1: I do. Yeah, it was called Ali loves to draw, um, uh, because he was forever drawing on things, right? The walls, uh, furniture, <laughs> the car, um, and so um, and so. I wrote, uh, and, and it's a, it's a really short story, really simple. And I and I remember, I remember not knowing where to start. Um, But Stephen Fry was on on a lot of um, British television at the time, and uh, and I remember the voice of Stephen Fry coming into my head and narrating this story to me, and I basically just wrote it down.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. We're all hey, you've got a music background. Nothing is original in the end, isn't it? We're all we're all. Interpreting from the past and, and and bring it into our own lives.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and I'd read I'd read a lot of stories, so I had a sort of you know the, the basic framework or structure of a children's story you know in my mind. Um, uh, and terrible drawings, Catherine. Like I can't I can't draw to You're save my life. You're not the illustrator. Right? <laughs>
0: no, so you my, kids, this, you, my you, kids.
1: drew better than me.
0: <laughs> you sent this the first story to the kids, and then did you begin using it as a form of correspondence? What what happened, and what was the impact?
1: Well, I I thought I I didn't there wasn't a plan. I just I, I sent the first story and I thought that would be it, right? I thought I'd I'd done the I'd done the thing and now, but um, the response from the kids was just incredible. My my wife called me like a sort of few days later, saying that she was sick of reading that story. Please, can you write another one because the kids want more. <laughs> um, and 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 that's how it started, right? And they just would ask for more stories and I I just felt that I couldn't let them down anymore and I'd I'd found this way to connect to them because it really changed the whole aspect the 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 dynamic of our relationship because now we had something to talk about you know whereas before on the telephone or in the letters there was nothing to write about there's nothing good or funny that's happened there's no nothing about the prison experience that i can share with them that is meaningful to them um but now we had something else now we we had we created our own world and so i couldn't let them down i just had to keep writing stories um, which was which wasn't without its challenges. It's hard to find inspiration for for small children whilst inside prison, but I um, but I I just couldn't let go. Now that I'd now that I'd managed to hold on to them again, um, there's another um,
0: another step in the personal story here, which is that you get a call and uh, from an officer hell, and what happens?
1: Mm. Yeah, well, so in the UK, if you're if you receive a prison sentence of more than 12 months, your deportation is automatic. And so they start the deportation process and, and it's up to you to try and stop it or prevent it. Um, so, But initially, uh, like I didn't want to come back to Australia, I wanted to continue travelling and I wanted to continue with my life in the UK, um, which was fine for me. But as I said, you know, things for my life and my kids was, were really difficult. They were having lots of troubles at home and at school and elsewhere. Um, so gradually, you know, discussing it with my wife, we we, we realised that maybe going back to Australia wasn't wasn't a bad option. Um, uh, so the, uh, so so in the end, I accepted the deportation and was sent back to Australia. Um, but my, my wife and kids, we thank you know I'm really grateful to her to her parents. They uh, they helped um, to get my wife and kids back to Australia. So they were they were here when I was released.
0: Kim Crotty, our guest, we are talking about uh, his story and his stories, plural, now a play, the smallest stage, his time behind bars in the UK after a drug conviction, the connection that he built with his boys by writing children's stories and then what happened when he got home. You're listening to 9 to Noon on RNZ National. We'll jump forward to 2019. I don't think it was probably that straightforward reestablishing um, reestablishing your life, I guess. But let's jump forward to 2019, and the 47 short stories you wrote. Um, how did this bring you to the smallest stage that we're talking about?
1: Um, I was I was invited by a friend to apply for a. Um, an artist residency hosted by Bunbury Regional Entertainment Centre. It was the first one that they'd done, and it's basically a gathering together of a bunch of different artists from different, um, uh, you know, different genre or different skills and different genres. And I kind of, like, I, I absolutely felt like a bit of an imposter, and I went on this, uh, went on this artist retreat, and I and I and I wanted to share the stories and hope. That we could make a little children's play based on the best of those stories, but I didn't want to tell the truth about uh, my story or where they were written or why. Um, but, I, but 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 it was really welcoming and, and everybody was really lovely and and over the few days you know over the course of the retreat, um, I did share the story and it was pretty and it was really well received. Um, I, I I thought if I told the truth that they'd, I'd be asked to leave, Catherine. Um, that if I that if I because there is that, you know, that sort of lingering um, perception that um, you're not supposed to talk about prison stories or this, these kind of stories. You're not, not, you're not supposed to share. You're supposed to keep it a secret. And I had kept it a secret for a decade. Um, anyway, so I, it attracted quite a bit of attention. This this story and the writing for writing for my children. Um, and so we began work on on the play. I started writing. Um, more and more about my experiences and 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 a framing story to 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 sit the children's stories into, uh, and it was really wonderful. So over the, over the course of two years, we um we created this smallest smaller stage.
0: These tales um, come to life. There's live drawing, there's puppetry, there's animation, mm, and the boys themselves are involved. Yes, yeah?
1: <laughs> yes, my my children and we we actually had so of the there were seven children. You know, of the creative team collectively, we have we have seven children. They were all involved in, um, in, in, in helping with the work. But my my son did um, some stop motion animation, uh, created one of the stories, um, the tale of Superfish, um, and also did a lot of voiceover, voice acting for um for the other stories and and things like that.
0: You've described uh, it was really it, fantastic. Yeah, you've described it as a play that gives so much more than you'd expect. And how so? What is it that you or that the audience gets from this um well like it's deceptive,
1: right because it looks like a, a one-man play and on the stage is just a, a white rectangle taped on the floor um there's a lot of technology involved in in bringing those stories to life but i think what what gets everybody is that is is the way it resonates with everybody because okay, so not everyone's been to jail and knows what it like what it's like to be arrested for running a grow house and write children's stories from prison, but everybody knows what it's like to be separated from the people that you love and to and to be desperate to to reconnect with them and to have to find some creative way of reaching out to hold on to the people that you love, um, and and all of the audiences, uh, you know, a lot of feedback, a lot of comments about um. Share of people sharing similar stories, you know. Um, um, so a lot of people have been affected by, uh, by 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 themselves or family members having been to jail, or um, in some other context where they've been separated from um, from their loved ones.
0: What difference has it made, also? Being open, being public, uh, just I, th- I think your record was wiped essentially when you were back in Perth, right? And, and just listening to you earlier for 10 years, you just carried on as if this hadn't happened. Can you just mm. park it like that? Or has there been an element of liberation in being able to be open and honest about this chapter in your life?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Catherine. Um, you know, I think for, for a lot of people that have served time um, or, or or, who have had, you know, troubles in their past. Um, generally, you know, we keep it a secret. We don't want to talk about it um, because we're, we're concerned about how it's going to be in, received by other people and, 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 the, and the implications for us, you know, the way that it might change the way they interact with us, change the way they think of us or see us. Um, and so it's quite unusual for somebody to be able to tell a story like this. But 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 for the for the for the heart of the story to not get lost, right, in the in, in the in the disapproval, the social disapproval of of having been to prison. Um and really I, I I I um I get to tell a story about love, right? And 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 how, you know, the triumph of trying to reconnect with my children instead of just telling a story about how I did a bad thing and went to jail. Uh, which is a privilege and really wonderful.
0: You mentioned earlier that you wanted to be honest with those boys right from the start, even though they were that little, and yep. that you believe that was a factor, that honesty is a factor in, in, in how uh, the amazing kids they are now, teens now. Um, mm. And if you look at your relationship with them, if you look at the disruption that happened in all of your lives but where you're at now, just how significant was writing those darn stories and and sending them off? Just how fundamentally important.
1: Well, Catherine, I kind of I kind of feel like uh, that it's it's actually one of the greatest things I've ever done. Um, you know, to 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 be presented with a with a problem that just seemed insurmountable. There was there was nothing I could do. There was no way to reach through those the granite walls of the prison or through the razor wire fences to 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 reach out to my kids. And this plan of writing stories to them to to reconnect um, uh, seemed impossible, but it, but it worked. And uh, and it you know, if ever I was going to lose my children, it was going to be during that time, um, the worst time of their lives, and and the worst time of my life. Um, but it but it didn't happen like that because I because I tried something different, and I and I. Uh, <laughs> Um, and so it changed their lives and it changed my life. It, it might have been very, very different had um, had I not tried that.
0: Kim, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being up so darn early in Perth. Really appreciate it. Kim Crotty.